Are you a fan of the band Ice Nine Kills? What about the horror movies that inspire them? Well, if you are, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Silver Screams and Horror Scenes. then we play the intro music and it goes oh my god that no so that in my no, headphones you, you screwed it up the oh my god part's not in that i don't i don't you need to edit that your oh my god into the song into the- <laughs> <laughs> right uh i'm matt uh who am i again uh, you're not Steven. No. You're not Doug. You're not no, uh-uh. Nick, right? Mm, do I make good steaks? I assume. I I just might be. <laughs> Is this, am I talking to Nick? <laughs> no, because he would have said his name three times already. That's true. Nick would have already introduced himself. <laughs> no. no you're, you're Austin. Yeah, the Austin. <laughs> you're Austin. <laughs> That's right. I forgot who I am today. Uh, but welcome to the show. This is, of course, Silver Screams and Horror Scenes. Uh, it's the show where we take a look at the Ice Nine Kills albums, the Silver Scream, and the Silver Scream 2. And then we is watch that, the movies behind the Is that what that's called? Is, 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 it's, it's Silver Screams 2? Is that what that's called? Uh, so it's called Welcome to Horrorwood, and then uh, colon, pr- the Silver Scream 2. Or the Silver Scream 2. <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. That's what I thought the name of it was. I've never met Colin or Colin, however you pronounce it. <laughs> but I heard His he's name very... Is Colin. Yeah, he's very semi-professional about it. No, that's semi-colon. Oh, that's right. You're right. I'm stupid. I get those two mixed up. They look the same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Austin's never heard these songs. I haven't seen most of these movies. So we're going to get him to listen for the first time and me to watch for the first time and figure yeah. out which ones we like the best. Yeah. And if you don't like it, I won't get offended. Yeah, me either. It's okay. It's music and movies are subjective. They really are. They're it's all about the taste buds. <laughs> it's all about the buds. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, bud. Speaking of buds, we're buds, right? Yeah. Hey there, buds. Hey there, buds. Hey, your earbuds. <laughs> yeah, like every square dance, they don't say grab your partner. They said, hey, there, bud, grab. <laughs> this is getting very off track already. No, no. Uh, we look, people have gone this far. They know what they're getting into with this episode. They, <laughs> that's a very good point. They, they know they know the formula by now, and they know we get off tangent. <laughs> they know how insane we both are. Uh, and they know how many <laughs> Timmy Allen grunts are. Well, more likely, <laughs> did we go the whole last episode without one? Without without a Timmy Allen grunt? I think yeah, we did. I think we did. That broke my little yeah. bloody Valentine heart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's get back on track here, though. Yes. Let's start off with Austin's horror question. Austin's horror question. Mamma mia. Go at it, Matt. Come on. Bring it. 
<laughs> okay. So I don't believe I've asked this one. If I have, let me know and I'll cut this out. Yes, I am married. Oh. We we can move on we're, now. We're done here. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done here then. <laughs> I am also married. <laughs> <laughs> That was not your music question, sir. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Okay, but my horror question for you. What is the last horror movie that you watched for the very first time? Um, And have I asked that question before? No. Nope. Actually, no, you haven't. Uh, I think the cool. most... <laughs> uh, I already saw My, My Bloody Valentine. I'm trying to think of before that, like, if I had watched any horror movies in between recording these. Like, even, like, the newest one you saw in theaters or something? Was yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so, the last one you saw for the first time. You know what it actually probably was? Um, in theaters, it was Barbarian. Um, in person... No, I'm, I take that back. That's not even it. It was Halloween uh, Ends. Um, but... After that, uh, I believe I had watched Terrifier 1 for the first time. Oh, okay. I kept hearing how good uh, Terrifier 2 was. So um, I, I had noticed. Well, the other thing is I've seen. Uh, I forgot the name of the clown that's in that. Um, but I had. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I kept had seeing, um, you know, a lot of buzz about it. So. Uh, by the time the second one came out, I was like, well, maybe I should watch it. Because, you know, there's just so many horror movies. I, I've watched a lot of, like, obscure ones. You know, very low-budget, college-made ones. So then I'm like, you know, which one's the right one? So I really wait till people, till I start hearing buzz or whatever, till people say, yeah, you should watch this and watch this. Yeah, I think Terrifier 1 was, like, the most uh, recent one. Because now I plan on watching the second one. And uh, okay. for my thoughts on it, I really liked it. It was really disturbing. Um, I, I, you know, I've you think I've seen all the slasher movies and all that stuff. You know, obviously there's stuff on the internet that's disturbing, but um, that movie it took my expectations and then it just went a different direction and it just kept me hooked because of that. I see why I, I started to understand what all the buzz was about about it and why they want a second one. If I'm remembering correctly, did you watch Terrifier because someone commented on one of our oh, posts? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They want your thoughts? Yeah, it was what uh, one of our Reddit posts, I believe. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I thought so. Shout out to, I believe his name is Le- Leviathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then I even have my opinion right on that Reddit post, uh, what I thought about it, too. Yeah. Uh, on the Ice9Kills Reddit page, r slash Ice9Kills, uh... This this person Leviathan has commented on like all of them. Yeah, He's, hell yeah. Or they, I don't want to say he. It might not be he, right, but, but yeah, um, definitely love the support. Yeah, no, appreciate the support and shout out to you <laughs> for making Austin watch Terrifier. Yeah, I, re- I honestly, I really appreciate it. That was awesome. That might be the most. It's not the last horror movie I watched, but it's I think the last one that I watched for the first, the most recent one I watched for the first time. Um, I I, I haven't been keeping up as well as I used to. Um, I don't know if I just don't have the uh, time or it's just like kind of also an energy thing. Um, I get that. Yeah. 
But um, that's why we record so far in advance because you yeah. never know when you're going to have yeah. the time to watch a movie. <laughs> I mean, I had watched. I did a weekend thing. Uh, I watched like three movies for the first time. Uh, I think last weekend or the weekend before, but uh, none of them were horror movies. Ooh, what movies? Oh, uh, uh, let me think. Um, I I can think of two, but I don't remember what the first one was. Uh, one of them was the Aquatic Life of Steve Zizzo with Bill Murray for the first time. Yeah, that's such a good movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Like, I don't know what I expected, and I thought the movie had came out like I don't know, oh nine, two thousand twelve, that era. And then I was like, no, this is earlier two thousands, and I was like, yeah. oh wow, this is a little ahead of its time, a little bit. Um, oh yeah, and uh, the other one was oh I remember what the first one was Office Space. I had never seen what? Office Space all the way through. I see I, it's one of those movies I always caught it on Comedy Central, but I saw the same parts. I get that. So I I sat down. I was like, I'm gonna finally sit down and watch this whole thing all the way through, and I loved it. I fucking loved it. And then the other the third movie was Licorice Pizza, which oh, it was okay. How was that? It's different. It's yeah. uh, I can't recommend it to everybody, but I think I I'm still questionable. I think I overall enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I remember hearing good things when that first came out. It's it's as cheesy as it gets as a horror uh, horror movie. See, we talk about horror movies all the time. <laughs> See, yeah, yeah. This is the this is the podcast about horror movies, not love movies. Um, <laughs> right. It's it's as cheesy as it gets, almost with uh as as a romantic movie, but. It's also the most realistic uh, romantic movie. It's it's like American Psycho, where it's just a series of events, one after another, one after another. Characters come, characters go, side characters. So it's almost like somebody's telling you this like l- realistic love story of like, yeah, we did this, and then we did this. Were you together? No, we were kind of like talking. And uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like that. It's almost as if somebody's telling you their love story. And like retrospect, and um, the one other thing I will say about it: every movie that takes place in the seventies, I'm constantly looking for like uh, <laughs> an error, like oh that doesn't look right, very seventies. Yeah. This movie is like to the T. Like I oh, try to look for okay. everything. It is so accurate. It is so good at portraying the seventies. Um, well, nice to where like some of those people, I'm like, dude, they look straight. I'm like. You can kind of see where they're like a modern day teenager dressed as the 70s. And you're like, no, you almost look like you just came out of 1978 or six or whatever. So, yeah, I did like that part of it. Hell yeah. Um, One quick note before we get into the next topic. Uh, I'm not going to watch Terrifier. And okay. the reason for that is I have a feeling that might be if they do a Silver Scream 3. I think that might be one of the movies. I could see that. Solely because for their last tour, Ice Nine Kills, before they came out on stage, played a song from Terrifier like every night. Oh, the song from the like, movie. Yeah, it was called like Clown Cafe or something. Oh, yes. But it's like from the movie. And I guess they'd play it before their set. Like, yes. it's, like on the speakers. I would love to do an eventual. Well, yeah, you've talked about them potentially making a third Silver Streams album. I mean, it's got to be a trilogy, man. You can't just do two, you know? Yeah, <laughs> even with horror movies, you know, 
with the Evil Dead, there's there's there was originally just three. You know, you have Evil Dead one and two, but I love Army of Darkness so much. Um, oh yeah, but uh, yeah, I could definitely. Yeah, I I would definitely would love to do an episode on that easily. Hell yeah. Well, it might happen someday. We'll see. All uh, right. So, do you have a Matt's music question for Matt? Matt's music question. Yes, I have one for Matt, but not for Austin. Um. Okay. So, Matt. Well, I, I'm not Austin. So no, works. so so yeah, it really does, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so Matt, what was the first Ice Nine Kill song that you heard and then made you think, made you realize, oh man, this is my favorite band. I have to do a podcast on them. Ooh, like was there any particular okay. song that, or like, was there any? I shouldn't say song, but thing that made you realize, okay. This this is my favorite band, or like this is like a band I really love. Aside from just liking a song or two, it was it was sort of a gradual thing with them. Because I yeah. mean, I first heard them probably like you know 2012 or something like that. Yeah, because I remember I, we had I, talked about that. Like, um, you were already at that point a huge fan when you saw them, and it was like you were pretty much the only <laughs> person there, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, like I said, you know, it was pretty gradual. Like, you know, in high school, I found them and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I just kept listening to them and they kept putting out more music. And I was like, I wasn't able to find any songs that I didn't like absolutely vibe with. Yeah. And then, uh, then yeah, I don't know. I just became a big fan of them. And then I saw they were coming to Michigan. So I was like, fuck yeah, let's go to my friends. And we went and then that just made me fall in love with them like even more. And then. Hanging right, out with just them. skyrocketed at that point. Pretty much. And then, you know, they were probably my favorite band for a while. Uh, they're still up there, you know. They're still, like, probably top three for me. Oh, yeah. Well, well like we yeah. said, it's like when you, when you get a personal connection to a particular band, it's a lot different. It hits a lot different from a band that you've only just, like, listened to and you might like more songs. But, like, the personal thing is a little different. Right. And then, I don't know, they just... They've been consistently putting out music the whole time I've known about them, and every time they put out something, I get super hyped up about it, and I'm ready for yep. the album. Then they drop the album, and it's great, and I yeah. listen and to it nonstop. <laughs> and you're never disappointed. Yeah. But um, I think what made me want to do the podcast, though, is uh, you know their newest album, the one we're covering, came out 2021, I think. Is that right? I don't know. Time's a blur because of COVID. I'm not the expert. Um, <laughs> I haven't even listened to the whole album yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think it came out at the end of 2021, like around Halloween. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I like I stayed up that night listening to the album and I was like, this is fucking great. I bought it. Like past your bedtime? Car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I buy a new album, I put it in my car and I usually listen to it for a couple weeks. I feel like I had Welcome to Horrorwood in my car for like three months. Oh shit! You know, like without without changing it out, you know. So. Yeah, um, I know a lot of times I don't think I listen to a song that much until the Spotify yearly rap comes around, and I go, "Ooh, really?" <laughs> right. I, I'm like, I heard that song. I'm like, I like this song 
way more than that, but that's way lower than the amount of times I listen to the song I don't like as much. I'm like, ooh, maybe I do right. like it more than I thought. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think just, uh, you know, listening to that album more and more, I was like, you know, I've never seen this movie that they're covering, or I've never seen this movie. Mm. So I was like, man, I should watch these movies. And uh, I was like, man, I should start a podcast. You know, nobody like nobody's devoted a whole podcast to Ice Nine Kills, who right. I think is deserving of it. And then you're I, I'm assuming that you've been like, oh, man, I love this band so much. Like, Yeah, of course. I know like everything about them. Why wouldn't I do that? They're honestly like the only band I'd be comfortable doing this about. Like, mm, right to where I, like somebody would test your knowledge. You'd be like, "Oh, bitch, please." <laughs> yeah, like I'd say right now, and for like the last like couple of years, the Wonder Years has been my top band. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, I, I found them more recently than Einstein Kills, and just they they click with me like yeah, just like Einstein Kills sort of does, but in yeah. a different way. And uh. But yeah, I would not be comfortable doing a Wonder Years podcast. Yeah, you know, you know like a, a lot of um, and then the thing about your favorites, um, uh, one thing um that I've heard is that uh, a, a thing that I like to say that I heard from somebody else say was that you don't really pick your favorites; your favorites pick you. So even though you may not like something for a long period of time. That doesn't mean you feel any different about it than something that you have heard a longer time. Right. Um, but yeah. So that that's definitely yeah. so I can I can get a sense of that from like right away you knew like you already like this band. So everything else after you know, after hitting it a lot bigger and doing a lot more albums, I feel like you're like, Yeah, I'm just gonna stick with it regard you know. Um I yeah, already knew much. beforehand. I'm just waiting for more shit at this point. Like even there are going to be songs that we're going to cover. I don't think we've gotten any yet where like I first listened to it and I'm like, man, I do not like this, but then I keep listening to it and I'm like, okay, I get it. And then you eventually mentioned- I'm like singing, I'm singing along, you know, <laughs> like you did mention it earlier in the show, but I don't remember if we came across to what song it was. Right. I, I don't think we have yet. Cause we, we will get there. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. But, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think that kind of covers that question, hopefully. <laughs> no. Redo. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I guess let's get into this here. Yeah. Um. So the the way this works is on the last episode, Austin guessed uh, what movie he thinks the song is going to be about. Yeah. And then I'm going to give him the song title, and we're going to listen to it and find out if he's right or not. Um, You guessed Hellraiser, correct? No, I guessed Ant Bully, remember? <laughs> you did guess Ant Bully. <laughs> After... no, that, that was the episode before this. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to watch Ant Bully, though. Can we just. We I'm can just watch gonna, Ant Bully. I'm just going to not guess the movie. I'm just going to, like, whatever I feel like watching is what I'm going to guess. <laughs> I do not feel like watching Ant Bully. <laughs> Since you've probably seen most of these movies, you're just gonna watch Ant Bully every week and be like, "Yeah, yeah, I, yeah then, I watched." <laughs> yeah. So you're like, "Also, what do you think about uh, my Bloody Valentine?" I'm like, "Oh, I watched Ant Bully." 
<laughs> and I'm like, I wrote so many notes down for Ant Bully. <laughs> like, awesome. like, this is the third week you've watched Ant Bully. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the kid. Like, yeah, what I'm gonna do that? Maybe not this album, but the next album, I'll pick one movie I'll watch every time we watch a movie. And then I'll, and then every episode I'll slowly go through the movie, <laughs> and then by the end of it I'll actually get to the ending of it. I don't know right. what or, it. But by, by the end of it, we will cover the Ice Nine Kill song about Ant Bully. <laughs> yes, hopefully, I'm. We're gonna s- submit a uh, a request for that in the next if they make another one. It'll just be a brutal metal song about a uh, a kid who bullies ants, and it's in the perspective of the ants just getting slaughtered. That's not a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to submit it, damn it. (laughs) All right. So you did guess Hellraiser, though, on the last one. Yes. Yep. I don't know how to do this, Austin, but you're fucking right. Are you fucking serious? You got it right. I wasn't sure if I wasn't (laughs) sure if I should like tell you the title and play the song first, but I'm just telling you because you guessed it out of nowhere. Holy, holy shit! I told you I was gonna get it. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) Like I knew to play my odds right, and I almost told you. Holy shit! Uh, I almost told you (laughs) not to, um, not to, because you were gonna give me a hint originally, and I was like, no, I was. Because I was get, I was like, dude, it's gonna be something I've already said. Watch, I'm like, it's gonna be Texas Chainsaw Massacre or some shit. Uh, holy shit! Well, cool. Yeah. We can we can so, skip the song. Fuck it. We're gonna watch Hellraiser. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. So we uh we will listen to the song, but now you'll have that knowledge going into it. What it's about? Oh yeah. Um. So that's that's kind of weird. Yeah. Holy shit. What uh what is the song title? Was it like a dead giveaway? Uh, I'm not sure because I've never seen the Hellraiser movies. Okay. Uh, but the song is titled "The Box." Yeah, I I might have I might have guessed it by the title. Um, the yeah. only thing I can think of is straight up the movie. Well, we talked about it. The box. I don't even remember <laughs> I what know, I. Right? <laughs> I don't remember when I brought that up, but I'm like, there's no way they would just well one cover that movie and two just name it the box. <laughs> right. Um, no, honestly, dude, I couldn't. Well, it's different now that I know what the movie is, but I legit could not think of like because that's. We'll talk about it, but the box is like a huge key factor in the Hellraiser movies, especially with the new one that just came out. Like it's just straight up about the box, so it's like I probably yeah I I would like to be confident enough to say, regardless, I would have definitely guessed Hellraiser one way or another. Well. We'll never know because you already guessed it. <laughs> Hold on, erase. Get Will Smith in here. <laughs> get the memory wipe of the Men in Black. Don't say. Don't say anything about his wife. Oh, the um, Mrs. Alopecia. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, we're, we're gonna listen to the box right now. <laughs> I said we're gonna raise some hell, man. <laughs> and that's so, bringing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Will Smith gets summoned. <laughs> <laughs> the joke you said it <laughs> so i gotta say though before we listen to this i don't know if i mentioned this on the last two episodes but we're kind of in a stretch of the album here where i believe four songs all have a featured artist so like hip to be scared had jacoby shaddix 
from Papa Roach. Uh, Take Your Pick had fucking uh, Corpse Grinder. Oh, from oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we got to um, Hip to Be Scared, you said there was more. Um, I don't know how far along the album we are, but you did say that like this is the start of like um, features. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, how big is this album? So it's just kind of weird that, um, like, has it been consistent? It's been, like, the third song in the row? No. Uh, wait, what do you mean? Of, of features. Um, of people yes, being yes. featured. Yeah. Yeah, this is the third out of, I want to say, four songs. I might be wrong. But no, I think there's four songs that all of it feature, and they're all in a row, which I kind of like how they did that. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, all right, here's the songs we've done, and then now here's where we've had some fun. Yeah, like we're we're gonna bring in some friends and stuff here. I didn't mean to rhyme, but, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this song features uh Brandon Saller from Atreyu and then uh Ryan Kirby from Fit for a King. I don't know if you've listened to either of those bands. Um I've heard of Atreyu. Um I recognize the name. They were like what, about late two thousands emo? Yeah, Atreyu's been around for a while. Um, I know my brother, I listened to a lot of emo bands at this time because of my brother. Um, I probably do recognize a song or two once I hear it. I couldn't name anything on the top of my head. Like to me, that's all a big blend between like Fuse, um, Silverstein from first to last or no, for first to last, I was actually a huge fan of, but like, you know, it's kind of like the same era, like, or like the one big right, blend to yeah. me, but, um, no, I, I, I had not heard of the second man. Hell yeah. Well, we're going to check out the box featuring the vocalists for both of those bands. And uh, we'll come back and get Austin's thoughts on it. <laughs> what the fuck was that noise? <laughs> oh, sorry. That was me getting excited about um, the fact that I fucking got it right. <laughs> you did. It's amazing, honestly. <laughs> this is hell. This is the part where you have to edit out all this audio level. That's okay. I'm just going to give a juicy wow part fart. Oh, no, that's just ass whack. Okay, I am back if you are. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm just good. <laughs> I just I heard, finally... oh, that's ass wet. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do an armpit fart and then I just couldn't do it. I never do it at the first try. I have to do it at like there we go. We got the third, fourth try. Alright. <laughs> Let's get back into it. Because <laughs> even right. I was like, if you're saying anything, I'm like, I don't have my earbuds in. I was like <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I was like mine in just to hear, oh that's ass sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get have fun editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right you ready yep welcome back we just got done listening to the box and austin what were your thoughts on that well i put my ear in the box and i heard a lot of good music in there um <laughs> um i liked it this is um this is weird because it's a it's a blend of the heavy style but it's also a mix of the more um 
Should I say catchier, like, chorus style? That, it, uh, it really or, does have, like, a very, like, melodic, catchy chorus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me kind of how um, Rainy Day is, uh, how that chorus is. It's kind of like the, I wouldn't say radio-friendly, but it's kind of, like, catchy to kind of stand out in that sense. Um, right. I think I liked it for my first listen, too. Like I said, I usually have to listen to a song a couple times to really get a good... Um, feel on how much i like it um okay. i i think but again i like to reiterate that i really would have i i'm sure i would have guessed it because from the fact that they say this is hell and they mention hoax and chains and like the first i'm like yeah i probably easily would have guessed this <laughs> right um um i do i do hear where it's a little bit like um that like late 2000s uh emo era music because the chorus it, reminds me of it i was gonna and, say especially the chorus right yeah because not just the vocals but the way the guitar sounds actually reminds me specifically of like a particular papa roach song uh oh, okay. I, I think called lifeline i know papa roach is not as strong into that category of genre but like the guitar part like the um uh, the way that it was just like the lead was playing during the chorus kind of remind me of that. I liked when uh, the absent of heart parts is said and he just sounds straight like pinhead. Like I did like that part. <laughs> yeah, I just I liked how it had a blend of heaviness along with uh, that as well. Uh, I think I'm so- a guy that likes straight one or the other. But um, okay, I might right. have to give it a couple listens to to see whether um, I, I like the blend of it. So don't let this sway your opinion at all at the end of the episode, okay? Okay. I think this is a top three at, and maybe top five song on the album for me. Okay. And it wasn't like the first couple of times I listened through the album. You know, I was like, okay, that's cool. But then the more I listened to it, the more I just really fucking dug this song. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it doesn't get a lot of praise on, like, the subreddits or the Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, the way this song grew on me became, like, one of my favorites. Yeah. Like, I will jam the fuck out to this song when it's Yeah, because I don't know if it's just me, but a couple of times I have to, like, listen to the song again to remember how it goes. But um, right. the chorus is still kind of ringing in my head a little bit more. I have a question for you. Okay. So this song features two guest vocalists, okay, as we established. Mm-hmm. This is like the ninth song by Ice Nine Kills we've listened to. Can you pick out the two guest vocalists? Like, do you, can you is, guess where they are? Um, I'm going to assume, yeah, because I couldn't, it's the singer name, is the uh, Ice Nine Kills singer name Spencer, right? Yeah. Okay. I kind of get an idea of his voice. Uh, I know you said in funeral derangements, like um, the lower uh, like screaming moments were him. So right. when, when I was listening, when we were listening to take your pick, I was trying to like, I thought that was maybe him. And then I was like, okay, no, that's corpse grinder. Um, but with this song, I'm assuming that's him. And then the rest of the song are the future guests, like the chorus, like is the chorus him at all? Um, so like drag me to hell part was that, is that him? So I think I have the answer. I honestly didn't know. I don't even know if I'm a hundred percent on this. Yeah. But, um, 
So I actually recently saw a live video of the singer for Atreyu playing the song with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy from Atreyu does the chorus with Spencer. Oh, so they're harmonizing. So, so yeah, he's doing clean vocals with Spencer. He he does a couple screams here and there, but only really like the big moment, like the, uh, the they'll tear your soul apart. He screams on that yeah. part, too. But the mm. rest are just clean vocals from him, yeah. which is weird. Because, like, a lot of features, at least in heavy music, isn't on the chorus. It's usually, mm. like, a verse or a breakdown. Or or just a moment or backing vocals or something added to it. They never yeah. take... They don't... Because the chorus is kind of like, that's your hook. That's your meat of the song that you're trying to get people to keep going. So it's kind of weird to have, like, a featurette just take that away sometimes. I don't know. Yeah, but... I mean, they're, like, you know, they're singing it together. But, yeah, like, it's definitely yeah. him in there with Spencer. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I love it. I think it sounds great. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, so Ryan Kirby is the other guy from uh, Fit for a King, which is a mm-hmm. very heavy band. So I believe he does some of the vocal lines where it's like a breakdown part. Yeah, you know, like where it uh, gets a little heavier. Yeah, it's the part where I noticed it took a lot of the most lines from the movie. Yeah, like I noticed uh there's some screams where it's a bit raspier than Spencer's usually is and mm-hmm. I believe that's him. Yeah, I kind of like, uh, there's that the too. part where I think in the second verse, yeah, I have it written here cuz it's one of my top 3 moments. Uh at a minute 38, it does the demons become angels to some. I yes, I it. do love that part. I love how the uh, the guitar part is on that too, as long with the riff of you know the riff right. sounds like that part. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, so I, I believe that's where the guest vocalists are. I might not be right. Let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess let's get into my top three moments since I already just gave one away. So that's yeah. one of them. Give us the other two. Uh, my other favorite moments are the chorus, which has happened a few times. You know, they're really good at writing choruses. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you could tell when some of these choruses are like, wow, that's kind of an earworm. Like even "Rainy Day" gets stuck in my head because is is it the, I don't know the exact lyrics, but I know the notes. But isn't it like "Take Yesterday"? Kinda, I think. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I I just I'll have to listen to "Rainy Day" now. <laughs> right, right. On the brain. But when I when I think of like catchy choruses, like that's kind of like the first one I think of. Um, right. That in a horror would definitely easily. Yeah. Yep. That is another great chorus. Um, but yeah. And then this is another uh, recurring thing here. Uh, my other favorite part is the lead up to the breakdown. I think this is the best lead up to a breakdown on the album. Really? Where, you know, it's got like, it's got like pinheads voice or someone, you know, impersonating pinhead. Yeah, Yeah. And then it hits that part where I think all three vocalists scream. They'll tear your soul apart. 
listeners the absent of heart on his command. You tear your soul apart! So Yeah, and that's and that's cool because like um that kind of feels like having more than one person and especially when you got a a series of singers all at once collective together to say the same line kind of feels like what uh Pinhead is with his deadites when he's got all his other people that are like hellish people with him. Um right. we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that when it when it comes to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, let, let's talk about that because we covered the song. Uh, ha, how are you? Are you a big fan of the Hellraiser movies? You know what? Hellraiser is a horror franchise that it looks. You know, when you think of like horror movies and just this ensemble of like slasher villains, that you think like, all right, Hellraiser's up there with all of them. It is, but it really. You gotta be a big fan of it because it really isn't that great of a franchise, to be honest. Okay. Um, the first one, it, it's 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 really different from the other. That's what I should say. It's really different from the other slasher villains. The because the movies aren't really about Pinhead, and later in the series when the budgets got lower, they kind of became more about Pinhead. But it's not what made the first one so good. And it's like, it's it's a non-traditional slasher movie. It's not even a slasher movie. It's it's, it's kind of just like a basic horror. It's just a horror movie. Um, hell yeah. And yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and um, they had made a recent one that was a Hulu uh, exclusive that I did watch. Like just recently. It just came out like a couple months ago. And... Okay. It was definitely a refresh of the series, and I actually liked it. I really liked it. Um, Wasn't there, like, a female pinhead, and everyone was freaking out about it? Yeah, well, yeah, there were people freaking out about it. But it really... But the movie wasn't about her, is the thing. That's what made it great. Um, and, And I think that's what people forget, is, like, it's not about pinhead. He's just... He's an element of the story, or she, I should say. Um, okay. and like I said, when I mentioned about the box, they, they made the new one more focused about like the whole box because that's what summons him. And, um, I, I personally enjoyed it. It, it was, it had its disturbing moments, like it's gruesome, grotesque moments that what Hellraiser is known for. And I'm curious to see what your opinion is on, on the first one. Cause like I said, it's very non-traditional. It's, it's, it's kind of its own thing. I can't think of another horror movie. That's, that's like Hellraiser. That's uh, it, exciting. I, I honestly can't wait to check it out. Yeah. It's, it's a weird one. It's, um, it's not, it's not bad, but it's like anything that you've, if you think of any other horror movie, it's, it's like, it's a little different. Sweet. All I really know about Hellraiser is that, He's got pins and needles and stuff in his face, and that Adam Scott, who's one of my favorite actors, is in one of the sequels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the sequels are something else, dude. They get really... (laughs) You know how, like, some movies, they're like, wow, they're in space? Like, Pinhead only took it by, like, I think the fourth movie to go to space. (laughs) (laughs) 
Dude, fuck yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you, like, if so that, like, that's just to give you an idea that, like, when a studio got a hold of the sequels, they really fucking went out there. <laughs> like, nice. real quick. Um, well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait to check it out. Um, yeah, so we're going to watch the very first Hellraiser movie. And when we come back, we're going to find out uh, my opinions on it, Austin's thoughts on rewatching it, and, and find out if the song did a good job. And if we don't, we're going to raise some hell, dude. Hell yeah. Woo! <laughs> but all right, so yeah, we'll be right back with that. <laughs> I was going to say... that meow in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> welcome back to silver screams and horror scenes we just got done watching the movie hellraiser uh my very first time and i hope you guys did too follow along with us I'm sure. It was, yeah, follow along. Yeah, and I'm sure it was pretty hellish for you, Matt. Was it or was it not? Hellish? Yeah, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this was uh, quite a movie. Yeah. Have you seen any footage of this movie before or anything about it? No, I think the only thing I've ever seen about Hellraiser is just like pictures of Pinhead. Okay. Like that's that was my whole knowledge of the movie, basically. Right, and then do you know how many sequels there are? Isn't there like nine? Yeah, it's about that. Well, I think it. I think the new one on Hulu is technically ten. Oh, I thought it was a uh, a reboot. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of saw it as like a yeah, it is a reboot. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not like a hardcore remake, but it is kind of refreshing the idea. Did you did you say you saw that one? I did. Okay. And uh, I honestly, um, I don't know if I want to go into too detail about it. We'll maybe wait till the end. But I honestly, I really enjoyed it over most sequels. Almost all sequels, really. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell to the raisin, (laughs) yeah. But uh, yeah, I got to say, I still kind of don't know how I feel about this movie. Yeah. I've let it sit for a little while, but it's... uh, it's quite an experience. Did you think a lot about how I said it was very non-traditional? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't call it like a slasher or anything. No, I was going to say at least like it is for real like a horror movie, but it's like it's really hard to describe it. Yeah. No. Uh, after I got done watching it, Maddie was like, so what's the movie? Like, explain it to me. And I had such a hard time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I literally just watched this. But yeah, um, (laughs) yeah. You're like, I'm trying to process everything at once. Uh, (laughs) See, I've rewatched it so many times that I've had a a better understanding of it by like, I don't know how much uh, watch. Because I I don't think I really understood it the first time I watched it when I was like a lot younger. Well, that's good. Because I'm sure there's a lot that I missed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, mean, well, I feel like I sort of got the gist of it. Yeah. Know? Well, that's what we're here for today. We're here to inform everybody what the what the rundown is. Right. Well, if you want to start us off with our rundown, All right. I'll interrupt you every once in a while like yes. I always do. I, I always love hearing your different bits that I that I have jotted down. <laughs> um, 
So basically, it starts off. Uh, Hellraiser, um, first off, is a movie by Clive Barker. This is, I believe, his breakthrough movie. Um, he had done a lot of writing, and this movie is actually based off of a book. Uh, or short story, I believe. So, um, here we go. The movie starts off with... Uh, we have basically this guy going to a merchant. Um, very reminiscent to Gremlins. Uh, and he finds this cube. He sells this guy this cube. And, uh, so it starts off and the guy is like doing this ritual, um, from this box. He, uh, basically messes with it and then he gets kind of tortured. And that's all we kind of see. And, uh, next thing we go to a rundown nasty house and, uh, chains on a man's face and pieces on the ground and, uh, Penhead is there collecting a box, and it cuts to the same uh, house later, but it's nicer. Couple walks in. Uh, the man, who this is Larry, this is a married couple. This is uh, Larry and Julia, uh, which Larry! I don't think. Larry! Larry <laughs> the lobster. <laughs> and. Uh, Larry, um, he mentions that the house he used to live in, um, and I believe that it's his brother, right? That's name yeah, is Frank. Yeah, the guy at the beginning is his brother. Yeah, so the, he said he's Frank. He probably uses it as a hideout. They're basically uh, moving in. Oh, and then they basically they go upstairs, and they like find this like would be, a, uh, I would consider a bait and station, what looks like. It's just like a random <laughs> thing on the ground. It's a set of arrangement of pillows on the ground. And then just nothing but just random photos of him and shit. With other women. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Julia finds that while Larry goes downstairs. I believe he gets a phone call. And uh, she's... Yes, okay. Uh, okay. Hold on. Let me... Let me interject here. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I know I'm kind of like shooting past it. And then it's like, I feel like you might have a lot more like, what the fuck? Well, no. So just this moment that you're on. OK, yeah. so they're upstairs. And, uh, they're looking at the bait and station. Yeah, that um that is a line from, I think, the movie. I love you, man. I believe is the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> But um, so they're standing there and the phone rings and Larry says, and I wrote this down. What the hell is that? It's a fucking phone, Larry. <laughs> I, I think I might have wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Larry's not the brightest guy in this movie. <laughs> like, why? Why are you so startled? But like, I, I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, you're fine. I forgot. About, I, I never wrote that down. But that, I, now that you mention it, I do recall that. Um, <laughs> back to you, <laughs> back to you, Chet, you betcha. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so basically Julia looks at the photos a little longer than anticipated than you think she could or should be. And then, so, uh, yeah, he answers the phone and it's, it's, we're introduced to his daughter, Kirsty. She shows up when they're moving things in, um, I, the Julia girl kind of makes a move towards the moving truck guy. And it's kind of like weird. <laughs> and so then we learn that she's not really Kirsty's mom, but her stepmom. And, was, and then what's weird is because I couldn't tell if this was a fantasy at first when I when I think I first watched it. 
But then I realized it was like, oh, okay, it's a memory thing. Uh, she basically relives memories of her with Frank. And then you start to see that she had this – or not with Frank. Yeah, with Frank. Yeah. And she had this affair with him. They fucked. Uh, and it's really weird. <laughs> and uh, and eventually Larry's moving something and he tears his hand on a nail. Very cringy. Yes. <laughs> Um, I don't know if that did that bother you at all, Matt, or was that just like, oh, that's like okay. Uh, honestly, that part didn't bother me like at all. I don't know why. I remember seeing that when I was younger, and it, it just was like, oh, that's bad. Like it got me about the same level as um as Gage slicing the Achilles of Judd in Pet Cemetery. See, I don't know why the the oh. nail in the hand did not get me that bad or in this movie. Uh, I, you know, looking back, it looked more realistic than I remember. And then rewatching it now, I can tell that it's kind of like a latex, right? Uh, like a skin. So maybe that's why it didn't affect me as much now. But I remember back then I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> and, uh, so he basically rips his hand on the nail and he comes in, uh, interrupting Julia with her fantasy ideas that she's had of her memories and blood drips on the floor. She goes and aids him. And then meanwhile, his blood is on the floor and so then you kind of start to put in the pieces that uh the face that we saw is what's left of frank and then we slowly see this figure come back to life of sucking in like this nasty uh puddle of goo and it starts to uh form like a rotting human which i gotta say that that scene looked fucking great yeah, it looked really gnarly, didn't it? It looked like yeah. something from like a Cannibal Corpse album cover, <laughs> right? But yeah, like I forgot how like monstrous it is. And mind you, like the orchestra is really awesome throughout this movie. Uh, the music score is like it's very like epic, like uh, like a well at the time like a modern day like Universal movie like Frankenstein or something. I honestly didn't really hear the score. I had it turned down kind of low because. My daughter was oh, in the room gotcha. and she was sleeping. So, yeah, yeah, that's how, that wouldn't be smart. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's very, uh, it's really good. It's it's not like a synthesizer or anything. It like sounds very hellish. Okay. Uh, very fitting to the theme of it. It's like this, um, almost like imagine Tim Burton music, but like not as kid friendly. Huh. Like more more epic. I'll have to like um, find, find the soundtrack and listen to it. Oh, yeah, it's pretty, you know, you probably could, because it's not as iconic as other, like, horror icons themes, but it's like, it is, uh, I think you could probably, like, most horror fans probably recognize it when they hear it. Okay. Um. So, eventually, Julia walks back in the room, and then we see, like, the grotesque version of him, and he, like, crawls towards her and says he needs more blood to become more human again. Then Kirsty goes on a date with the boy she's interested in. This part I'm kind of lost about. Because is this when they have... Oh, no, not yet. Oh, she... oh, wait, I think they're on like a dinner thing with family members, I think. Yes. Yeah, so they're having like a dinner party or something. And uh, Julia is so fucking awkward when she excuses herself like yeah she's like i have to go yeah she literally just stands up while other people are talking she's like i'm going to bed yeah (laughs) yeah she's like i'm tired (laughs) it's like okay yeah i just didn't know who the people were there were they family members and then it was like there's the guy she's interested in that she's in throughout like that i don't know if they really explained that or if i just wasn't paying attention they they didn't really i think it was just like family and then like her boyfriend or something yeah um 
But yeah, and then she eventually has a nightmare about her dad, I believe. Um, and then Julia then lures a man into her house who, like, from, like, a bar or, like, an airport bar, I think. And then, like, the dude is, like, super awkward. <laughs> and uh, so she yeah. just takes him up the room and just beats him with a hammer. And then eventually... Which, oh, go ahead. I, I gotta say, Julia is down bad for this Frank dude because, like... Oh, yeah. He comes back and he's not even a human. He's just like a skeleton with flesh. Yeah, on you, it, basically. it doesn't even like look like him. Like, how do you know that's not somebody else? <laughs> right. <laughs> but he's just like, Julia, I need you to kill people on the floor. She's like, okay. And she's like, okay. But yeah, it literally puts no thought yeah. into it. Just like, <laughs> all right, right now, I'll do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, she's like, family, right? <laughs> like, I don't even know if she would do this for Frank or Larry. <laughs> Yeah, right? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, so she offers the first one. And then uh, so he basically is like, it's really creepy because he's just like, don't look at me. And um, it's really creepy. So he basically like absorbs the people to become stronger. I don't know if he does a sacrifice and absorb. Oh, no, no, no. They show it later, but they don't really show it in the beginning of the earlier in the film. Um, Yeah. And Kirsty. Oh, yeah. And, and meanwhile, Kirsty is creeped out by a homeless man. Um, he, <laughs> this is so awkward. This is so weird. See, I forgot how weird this movie was with this subplot. <laughs> that like what the whole homeless guy? Thing? Yeah, yeah. So when I rewatched it, I'm like, man, it's gonna be so weirded out by this. Yeah, I was. Because <laughs> uh, even I was. I was like, I don't remember this being so just unexplainable and random. <laughs> um. And so, uh, yeah, so she he walks into, like, the pet store that she works at, and, like, I think he goes in and beach a, eats a bunch of uh, locusts, I think I, is what they were. Or crickets or something, which, I mean, I I work at a pet store, and we sell crickets, and I feel like if this happened to me and some guy was just in there eating them, I'd be like, sir, <laughs> I don't even know what I'd do. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to lunch. (laughs) You have to pay for those. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, you're like, sir, you can't eat that from there. You're going to have to buy them to eat them. (laughs) Take them home in a bag, eat them. (laughs) Yeah, this is not a restaurant. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're like, oh, no, you can't really eat. You want it to go, Box? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um. I'd say doggy bag, but this is kind of a pet store. <laughs> yeah, it's a cricket bag. Right. And uh but like that's what I thought too. I thought there were like grasshoppers or crickets. And then I was like, oh wait a minute, what do I was like, what exactly I, I had to look up a picture of locusts because I don't really know what they look like a hundred percent. Uh well compared to what I could see from the movie. And then I think they pretty much are. So I was like, that makes more sense because it's more of like a biblical kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, no, that does make sense. So that's why I was like, oh, maybe maybe it is that. Um, but she actually kicks her out. She kicks him out or whatever. And I'm like, look, I ain't fighting a homeless dude for no uh, pet store job. <laughs> right. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so Julia then lures another man in to kill. Uh, meanwhile, Frank is like puffing away at a cigarette. And I'm like, that's bad for your newly uh, developed lungs there, bud. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Just the scene of him sitting there without a face, but he has a shirt on and he's smoking. A <laughs> yeah, cigarette. like he's dressed up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 
It's pretty gnarly. Um, he almost reminds me of um, uh, I don't know. It is really cool though. It's almost like he's like a comic book character. Yeah. Like he almost reminds me a little bit of uh, uh, Vision from like Marvel a little bit. <laughs> he does look a little like Vision. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just like imagine him walking around just smoking a cigarette like that. He's <laughs> just like <laughs> sucking up people's life forces. So yeah, and then uh, he shows her the box, and then uh, Frank shows her the box um, that he needs more bodies to fully heal. Uh, he warns he warns it's only a matter of time before the Cenobites find him. And uh, I believe he like has her see it, and he's like, I, I, uh, they made me see like both just as much pleasure as torture. And um, one night, he just has enough. Like, he's, like, pretty sick of just being locked up in that room. Which I'm wondering, like, is he hungry at any time? <laughs> like, does he pee still? Right. Does he poop still? See, <laughs> so I have a poop corner. <laughs> <laughs> Next to the baiting station. Uh, <laughs> this is my baiting so, uh, station. And this yeah. is my poop corner. <laughs> He's got like an episode of MTV Cribs. Hi, I'm Frank from Hellraiser. <laughs> Let me Welcome show you to, my to crib. the my crib. And then like the camera's all shaking and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like, this is where I absorb people's souls. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, uh, so he gets like a little cooped up in this room. Uh, he gets upset and Larry hears something upstairs. And it's like a really suspenseful moment of like, oh, shit, he's going to go check. And uh, she doesn't want him in there. And she steps away like uh, without saying anything or like trying to say anything about it. It's like, dude, like, how can you give him a heads up? You can't really like text him (laughs) like, like, (laughs) hey, uh, Larry's coming up there, (laughs) which text him with no skin would be bad. Right. Um, It might. I really. Yeah, I don't know how he doesn't leave a blood trail everywhere. <laughs> right. Um, so, like, it's really kind of, like, freaky because it's, like, here we know this thing with her, and it's, like, no, you can't let him know. Like, once he finds out, like, shit's going to hit the fans. Um, but it's just, like, uh, you find out it's just some rats nailed to the wall. Because, <laughs> yeah, he's, like, it's probably just a rat, and then it cuts to just rats nailed to a fucking wall. <laughs> And then it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, he nailed it. (laughs) I mean, he didn't, but, you know, somebody nailed them, rats. Uh, That's true. Somebody had So the Yeah, so she lures him into the bedroom and uh, to have sex. And it's really creepy because Larry's just, uh, Frank is just chilling out in the closet. (laughs) And uh, I think it's really creepy how his one eye, like, looks halfway closed. He's got like the Forrest Whitaker thing going going on. I don't think I noticed that. Oh yeah, I just couldn't tell if both eyebrows were lowered or if it was just one. I think it was one, but he just looked like kind of sleepy when he was like walking right. out of there. Like he's like, "I'm gonna kill uh, Larry," and it's really freaky because like Larry has no idea that he's right there behind him. Yeah. Um. And so Frank suggests that he wants to kill her or kill him. Uh, she doesn't want to. And Frank's like, well, bitch, kiss somebody else. <laughs> right. And uh, this time, Kirsty. Oh, so she does bring home somebody else. And at this time, uh, Kirsty finds her learn somebody in. And uh, so it's kind of like, oh, she sees it as just a love affair. And it's like, well, you're not wrong, but not that guy. 
Like, wait till you see the actual guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so she follows them in the house. Um, the dude is, like, fucked up. Like, he comes to the door, and his face is just gooing. <laughs> uh, like, he falls out and dies. And I don't think she sees Julia. No. At all. I think she goes in the room and just sees him. Yeah. And at this point, it's like uh, Frank shows himself. And it's uh, it's kind of creepy because it's almost like he talks to her, like to his niece, like they have a history together. Right. So she, Kirsty throws the box out the window. <laughs> and uh, Frank doesn't chase after her, of course. I don't know if he can leave that room or what's the story behind that. Um, he just like doesn't go after her. I mean, she just runs out, and the, he's like, "No!" And this just runs away with the box. So like, he did leave the room earlier when he went into their bedroom. Oh yeah, so maybe he just can't yeah. Leave so the I house. don't know why he just yeah, or maybe he does chase after her, and they just like didn't film that or something. Yeah, I don't know. It was just very weird because he's just like, "No!" And then just, she just runs, and he's like, <laughs> "Don't worry, I'll I'll let you go away." Right. <laughs> He was like, I don't have my mocks on. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so she walks down the street and she passes out, presumably by Frank somehow, because he like talks to her almost like seemingly, uh, I was going to say psychedelically, um, (laughs) psychonetically. Is is that the right word? Telekinetically? Telekinetically. Yeah. Is that what you thought was happening? I thought she was just having like, not visions, but just like kind of like a memory of seeing that and it was like making her pass out because it was disorienting yeah yeah it could be i would if i saw something like that and it's my uncle right <laughs> like and uh or maybe the box or something i don't know that's that's a good that's a good idea what to implement in there so she wakes up in a hospital you know a bunch of people see her she wakes up in a hospital and she's left with the box doesn't doesn't you know the the nurses leave and she's like I gotta go like I think she says like she's gotta call her dad and the nurses and like uh, doctors leave but it's like yeah don't mention hey I just saw my stepmom kill a man right. and a man with no skin like call the police no it doesn't mention any of that yeah <laughs> it's just like yeah I got a box uh, fuck it yeah I'll just attain to it <laughs> like I don't know what the obsession of the box like I wonder if the box is very like lustful. Like, it makes you just, like, want to just solve it, like an addiction. Maybe. Like, uh, like, like kind of like the Ring of Power. Right. Or, like, uh, the One Ring, kind of. Like, I don't know if it's like that, but because, like, I, or if it's just a plot hole. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she starts messing with the box. And then eventually a brick wall decides to, like, bust open. And uh, so she's like, fuck it, I'm going to walk down <laughs> As one does. And, uh, yeah, as one does a horror movie. I mean, you know, you could probably walk out the door. It's not locked. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so she walks down the spooky hallway. kind of gives me, like, a Time Bandits feel. I don't know if you've ever seen that, Matt. I have not. It's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cheesy 80s fantasy movie. It's kind of like a kid's movie, but it's, like, pretty cool. Hell, yeah. Um, <laughs> these, these, uh, these... I think they're dwarves. I don't remember. They like push a wall and then it's just like ever going. So like, uh, that's kind of rides what this hallway is. Uh, she eventually walks to what this, I don't know if there's a name for this monster, but it's like, I called it demon baby. 
<laughs> so I called it Patrick Star, but uh, <laughs> it's like those real life images of Patrick Star that just look disturbing. Pretty much. But um, in my research for the after I watched this movie, it's called The Engineer. Really? Yes. Don't know why, but that's what it was called. <laughs> Oh, it's like, you know why? Because that's what they called it. (laughs) (laughs) They decided Uh, that. You're not wrong. (laughs) I just thought maybe it was something like when they made the special effect, it took an engineer or something to make it. I don't know, but it was a very creepy effect. (laughs) Yeah, it's just this morse of just flesh almost. Um, I wanted to believe for, I don't know if this is overlooking into it, but like right before when she passes out, um, you see this like flower bloom and then she like wakes up in a hospital. And then like when, uh, when like she sees the monster, I thought it kind of looked like the one end looked like a deformed baby. So I thought maybe it was like something of like hinting that she was impregnated or something and then just created this monster. I don't know. I don't know if I was like overlooking at it or something, but I, I don't know, <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like, because it was just weird to me that they would like, cause you don't really think about, uh, like transition footage, just random stock footage like that. But like, I was like, why are they showing like this flower on TV? I was like, I was like most hospitals. Like I imagine back then it was kind of weird that like, it wasn't just a TV show. It was like, it's a flower blossoming. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes directors know. put meaning to that, but yeah, it's weird. Um, so she gets chased down the hallway with this giant fucking monster and then runs back to the hospital and then uh and she eventually uh the Cenobites. Oh, now an hour into the movie, we are introduced to Pinhead and the Cenobites. Yeah. Matt, how how long was it did you start to ask when the fuck does Pinhead show up? So I mean, I wasn't too worried about it. You know, like I noticed it was him at the beginning. Yeah, and then the the rest of the story more just focused on the people and Frank. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I assumed he was going to show up at some point, but yeah, I, I was kind of like, damn, this is a lot less pinhead than I thought there was going to be. Yeah, most that's the biggest misconception is that like he's hardly in any of the movies. I don't know about the later like more recent movies, but even with like the Hulu new movie, uh, it's a girl this time and. That shows up very often, but definitely not as often as like a slasher movie uh, villain would. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, kind of weird how big of a deal they made Pinhead out of these movies then. Yeah, it's like the mark. But then it's like, what else would you put on the cover of it? <laughs> like, that, that's true. I don't know. Maybe like somebody else holding the box or something, but it's like, no, he's so iconic looking. They're like, he has to be the image of this. Yeah. Um, he, I think at this point he tells us kind of the story. Oh no, I guess Frank already kind of tells the story of how he escaped the Cenobites. So we start to, that's when we put together the pieces, uh, both figuratively and almost literally of Frank's pieces of, um, (laughs) What that little footage is in the beginning of the movie of seeing partially pinhead that his face is on there. So like his body was still kind of resonated there and Frank's blood. I don't know if it's because he's related or just any blood. Oh, it's probably because of any blood kind of brought him back. Right. And uh, so we like somehow he escaped. I don't know how that kind of plays. 
I don't know if it meant like like a little piece of him was still in the room. I don't really know if they explained how he did that. Not that I caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just like, yeah, he, he, and then because even Pinhead at this point, it's like, no one escapes for me. Um, cause we're introduced to, I believe four Cenobites and then Pinhead. So that's, it should be a total of five of them. And, yes. um, the way the scene is in the hospital is so awesome looking because I forget all the names. Uh, there's Butterball is a fat one. Is that the one with sunglasses? He's got what? <laughs> He's got sunglasses. Yeah. The one that's bald sunglasses. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big old pregnant turkey belly. <laughs> right. And uh, it seems like he'd smell of rotten turkey meat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then you have the chatterer, I think is the name, is of the one that has no eyes and just a mouth and teeth. I mean, fitting name. Yeah. And then I think the other one is the voice, is the woman that has, like, the wire vocal cords. Okay. And then I don't think I'm missing anybody other than those three. And then you have Pinhead himself. Yeah. Um, there's really funny images of them, like by themselves. They look like a like a goth band. <laughs> like when you see like stock <laughs> footages of them, it's pretty great. It's pretty like you much, could, you could just pretty much put it like uh, like I don't know, like put like a Mudvayne logo on the bottom left. It'd be like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, at this point, Penhead explains that she opens the box. Now it's her time. Her time to uh, see the pleasures and. Uh, torture that frank went through like i it's his job um that's the thing i'd like about pinhead he's not really like a villain i mean i guess he is but he he doesn't like have a um what should i say a motive it's just like it's the rules you open the box you're you're done we it's the rules you open the door we have to do our job we're gonna show you all these things and that's like really the nightmare behind it too but so christy Oh, go ahead. I don't think I'd say, like, the Cenobites are, like, even the villains of the movie. I'd say yeah. it's more uh, Julia and Frank. Yeah, they really are. And that's the thing that I kind of like about Hellraiser. It's really a personal morale story, and then the Cenobites are not as much the villain, but the uh, the an element of the movie to get it going. Um, yeah, they're, 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 like, the means to an end. Yeah, because um, similarly, like, George Merrill said they did the same thing with Night of the Living Dead. They said that movie, that movie really is a racial movie of people being people and the zombies outside the house are just the conflict to stir the pot of the story. Um, right. And it's, it's really true. Um, so yeah. So basically Kirsty uh, suggests like, Hey, how about you tank Frank instead? He escaped you. And he like pinhead's like, uh, nobody escapes us. <laughs> it's like uh, uh, wrong what <laughs> did and they you guys never explained it i think they were about it seemed like they like had an idea for it and then they like they never wrote it in <laughs> and it's like oh we never got to that did we <laughs> it's um, like in uh the, the newest star wars where it's like somehow palpatine has returned. yes that's exactly what it is but it's not <laughs> as like reeks of obvious like questioning questioning like that because that was such a left field don't make me go down that route. We're not going to go down that route. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, Somehow yeah. Frank has returned. Yeah. Next year, join us on the Star Wars uh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so 
Pinhead never really agrees to this. He just says, like, show us to Frank, uh, basically. And he's like, if you don't, uh, he, and he says, like, the greatest tagline to the movie in advertisements yeah. that they'll tear her soul apart. Like, that's so... When, he, when you see what he does with chains, it's like you imagine, like, that's not just your body, but your soul get torn apart, too. It's fucking brutal. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you think it was pretty crazy how bright this scene is? Uh... What do you mean how bright it was? Like, so the whole time they're in the hospital, it's just this glowing white light just pouring through the whole uh, room. Yeah, I guess I didn't really notice that. But yeah, no, you're right. Uh, It was something I didn't like. I've always like known. And then when I was watching, I was like, dude, it had been fucking nuts to film this like with the camera crew and everything like pages are flying like everything is just so blindingly white and like even the girl like she's has wind blowing in her face and just like everything's white and it's kind of like freaky to me because it's like uh that's kind of what like people presume about angels it's a glowing white light then it's like no it's demons this is hell <laughs> well they're demons to some angels to others yes there you go matt you're getting it now <laughs> hell yeah Hell raisin, yeah. <laughs> hell raisin, yeah. <laughs> Not the hell raisins. <laughs> yeah, they deal with that. So, and Frank insists more that Julia needs to give uh, Larry to him. So she runs home to her dad. Oh, so Kirsty runs home to her dad, telling him about Frank, who, mind you, has like Larry has blood around his face. So it's like. I think right then and there is a pretty dead giveaway of what just happened already. Um, yeah. And so, like, because he's, like, acting super weird. And she's like, Dad, it's all this thing. And then I don't remember if Julia's there. Oh, so that's how you know she didn't see Julia was because she's just saying it right in front of her. But it just only mentions Frank. I mean, I'd be running home to my parents as well hysterically if I fucking saw demons. <laughs> right. And uh, so I believe she goes upstairs. Oh, so she wants to see Frank. She goes upstairs to see the body. And uh, it's just like a steam and carcass. And I believe at this point, uh, Pinhead is like, we want Frank. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, we he want- says, uh, we want the one that did this. Yes. Says. And she's like, yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? You know. So she runs out. And I love that this is, like, again, like, this room, like, the Cenobites are in there, and then they don't leave. <laughs> like, I don't know if <laughs> right. just wherever the box is or just something about that room. They're like, ah, it's really cozy in here. <laughs> I like this room. <laughs> yeah. I like lamp. <laughs> I like carcass. <laughs> and uh, so she runs to her dad hysterically, and this is when she they basically tell her that, oh, my God. You killed my dad. You are Frank. And he stole Frank's skin. Um, And she fights back and she claws him in the face and tears his p- chunk of his face out, which it kind of cracks me up sometimes. I don't know if I'm overlooking this, but it's like I get it that they chose the same actor to play as him. But like I like that Frank stole his skin, but he still sounds like Larry. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know if that was just like off-putting or if I was just overlooking it, <laughs> but uh, they chase her. Oh, he goes to, I believe, lunge towards um, Kirsty, but ends up stabbing Julia. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, she's like, he's like, sorry, babe. And I'm like, who didn't see this coming? <laughs> he stabs her, sucks her life force, you know, typical. This is where we start to see him actually do it, I believe, with his hand, where he's like actually putting his hand on them and like just draining the life out of them. And I'm like, oh, that's like so far, a lot of this movies have some really great fucking special effects. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of it does and a lot of it isn't. Though. yeah so when it comes to like the gore <laughs> factor i believe it does but there's some special effects i think more later later towards the movie i don't know is there any er, that we passed that was kind of silly um just like when they touch the box and like the lightning or whatever that comes oh out of it. yeah yeah that definitely looks very uh, vhs quality um but uh it gets worse we'll get there yeah 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 especially towards the end um <laughs> so now frank larry or uh fairy i would like to call it uh we'll i don't call know. him fairy lank or fairy Ooh, not lank, lank. <laughs> good old lank <laughs> it sounds like a really short jewish guy <laughs> And then fairy, see, like I see it as F A R R Y fairy, but when you say fairy, it's like you think of like a tooth fairy. So I think Link. That's true. <laughs> so Link follows Kirsty upstairs. This is where it kind of turns more into a slasher movie, I guess. Yeah, she she hides in a closet where there's a maggot filled body. Why they kept it, I don't know. Um, <laughs> for aesthetics. Yeah. <laughs> and um. Uh, so how would they not smell this in the house? I don't know. <laughs> I imagine right. it'd be pretty bad. Uh, um, I was going to say Larry. Link leaves and she goes out in the hallway and they she like pushes her back in the room with the Cenobites. And I swear this room gets ten thousand ten thousand times bigger. <laughs> um, and the pretty and this is where the biggest like showdown of the movie happened. Lank is like, uh, you tricked me, you set me up, and then he realizes the Cenobites are there. So he then realizes, oh shit, they found me. So they uh, basically bring him back to hell by hooking him with chains. And they just fucking rip this dude apart. And it's like unbelievably insane. Like you can tell like a lot of footage like gets got cut because it's like a brief second that you see it. And I'm like, I feel like if it was yeah. any longer, it probably would have got an NC-17 rating. <laughs> right but like i said earlier pinhead never really agrees to take uh now uh to take frank over kirsty so now he's like all right kirsty bitch come on let's go um it's <laughs> like it's your turn <laughs> yeah pretty much and uh and she's like oh shit and this is where the movie kind of like <laughs> takes a whole nother realm like i wish it kind of would have just ended right there <laughs> but it doesn't <laughs> That would have been a good spot for it to end, honestly. It's just like Pinhead being like, now you. Like, yeah, like if he actually took the deal and was like, all right, and then, you know, we'll see you again sometime. Like, we, you know, as like, uh, it's like almost as if he's inevitable. If they would have ended it like that, great. But no. um, But they didn't. <laughs> no, this goes in like, feels like a different movie at this point, I feel like. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Kirsty, uh, I think runs downstairs and Pinhead says my favorite line of the whole movie right here. Um, so good. I even have a t-shirt of this. Uh, and he oh. said, 
Yeah, so he rises and he like from behind her and he says, "We have such sights to show you," and it's like so creepy and like a cho- choice of wording on that. That is a great line. Yeah. Um. At this point, like they're after her, and her boyfriend arrives trying to help her. It's just weird how like super like epic these characters seem, and then they kind of turn kind of slapsticky at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um. Chatterer, like I said, has like this goofy veil over him. Don't really explain that. <laughs> and uh Butterball gets like taken out by a ceiling. <laughs> like Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. I gotta say. So she takes out Pinhead, Chatterer, and the girl one by like closing the box, you know, like in front of them, and that like makes Oh, that's them- right. Yeah, have this like terrible looking 80s effect that yeah. makes them like disintegrate but at least writing but, style that makes sense like okay yeah you turn the box boom like that's where all their power comes from or whatever it does but then butterball just gets crushed by like a beam and they just <laughs> leave him there yeah it's like okay because it kind of like humanizes it a little bit like oh you can just smack yeah. these demons oh okay <laughs> right like, what? can you just kill them? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, summoning them back in the puzzle, yeah, of course. That's something that's, like, at low. I guess the box is at level with them of, like, their rules or, like, their super being. But when you just hit them with a, with, with a part of the house and he gets taken out, that kind of, like, makes them not feel as, like, immortal. <laughs> yeah, or, like, is, is Butterball still there? Like, is he fine? Yeah, like they never summon them back in the box at that point. Yeah. <laughs> they just find them. Like I just imagine like a crime scene happening and then like all the like they're hosing the house down, it's like a fire or something. And they just see like him face down in a pile of rubble and his ass crack is just hanging out from those like black leather sweatpants he has on. <laughs> just like the lowest of the low of how you want your body to be found. <laughs> Um, that's how I want to go. <laughs> yeah, that's how I want to be found. So then, after he's taken out, they go for the front door, and it's just kind of funny how they just throw his character back in the movie. Like he shows, you know, With the boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he shows up, and he's like, "Okay, this is my life now." <laughs> and then, yeah, like looking back on this movie, it really was like you know how like a lot of mo- franchises like this, it's like, oh, they're never as good as the first one, and like. And, like, I look back on this, and it's, like, that is true, but there's still a set of just campiness with this, that it's, like, it never oh. was 100% perfect in the first place. <laughs> right. Um, but I love it, though. Don't get me wrong. I love it. Because uh, at this point, because at this point, it's, like, a fun house. It seems like a thrill ride at, like, a carnival or something uh, in a movie. Um, because she opens up the door, and then it's, like, oh, who's the next monster we're going to see? Um <laughs> So she opens the door and it's the demon baby. And it's because it's almost like a fake out. It's like, oh, okay, let's leave. And then just boom, demon baby. And right. uh and it busts through the door. And is uh at this point they she drops the box and they both comedically smack each other's hands. It's <laughs> like, like a minute long of them trying to grab the box. It's like, okay, she's gonna I was like, okay, that's gonna last for a little bit. That's kind of silly, but like now she's gonna snatch it, and then it's gonna. It's like, oh, they're still. It's still on the ground. <laughs> it's they're still <laughs> smacking each yeah. other's arms. 
And, uh, but she eventually obtains it and she sends it away. And as they run out of the house, that's falling apart. Um, the cheese isn't over because they, uh, throw the box in a fire. It's just, you know, there. <laughs> and well, okay. Was that, was that the house that was the fire? Like, did it burn down? I don't remember if it burned down or if it was just a part of something that was burned that fell out of the house. Um, I don't remember. Okay. Um, but so they throw the box in the fire, you know, to put it back to hell. I guess that makes sense, right? But here comes the hobo <laughs> that we then forgot about at this point. Completely Who, forgot about by this point. Yeah, yeah. This is almost like cabin fever level when we forgot about the dude talking about the gun at the uh, general store. Um, right. <laughs> and he goes into the fire. He's, he's just the hobo. He just walks into the fire. He grabs the box on fire. And then he just uh, kind of morphs into a skeletal demon with wings. <laughs> uh, yep. And then he flies away. Like, uh, he flies away. And the way that it's edited is that there's this big circle of flame that, like, shows the demon. And then, like, the two teenagers just, like, looking at it. It almost ended like a Jim Hansen movie or, like, something from, like, the Page Master or, like, something like that. <laughs> it just reminded me of very 80s, 90s, like, kids cartoonish yeah and uh and then it fades into mr miyagi again from the beginning of the movie who sold frank the box uh he's now selling somebody else that box and hopefully a mugwai and then uh and then it ends i gotta say though the uh the final line of the movie from the guy selling the box he's just oh, like yeah. what's your pleasure yeah. I thought that was a great way to cap cap it off. Yeah, because it's like, okay, you see it as a salesperson, but then in reality, uh, that's kind of what the Cenobites do. Like, they take... Yeah. I think it's almost like each one like is like a sin, almost. Or or something in that nature. They're, uh, they have something unique about them. And then I wonder if that's what's used against them in their hellish ways. I don't know. But yeah, um pretty pretty confusing movie i think not like yeah i don't i don't know not even confusing just it's a strange movie but also enjoyable yeah it was unique but it it kept you following along like it was just a traditional movie yeah like because- i wrote down here at the at the end of my notes i wrote this movie was dark unnerving creepy and i think i enjoyed it <laughs> yeah cuz it's like a, um it's a very like uh visual movie um it has a definitely a tone to it and um, oh yeah and it's like in the same time this could be just an atmospheric movie something like 2001 space odyssey where like most of the movie is just footage that's just atmospheric um and that and that's kind of what this movie has mostly going on but then it kind of like pulls back and it has this overall plot that's about um love affairs you know uh, I guess sexual desires, painful desires, uh, just a very dark tone about it. It's a very, uh, very, yeah, just like hellish tone. Um, it's a dark place of a movie. And it's, and, and it's like we said, it has that cheesy factor <laughs> in the meantime. Well, I mean, it, it's an 80s movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Matt, what did you think about the movie? I mean, like I said, I think I enjoyed it. I think I'll still have to like let it rest in my head for a little bit. Maybe watch it again at some point. But o- overall, I think it. I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's definitely a fun go to. 
I don't know if I <laughs> had fun watching it, but I watched it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was any of it just really disturbing? Was there any moments that just like really repulsed you or just was like, whoa? Um, honestly, no, besides maybe Frank being reborn. Oh yeah, that was pretty like gross. It was just like un un uh unknown just fluids bubbling. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, it's goo. Oh, there's legs in the goo. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's just crawling out. It reminded me a lot of The Thing, which John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, it really does. Um, Do you want to get into some trivia? Uh, Yeah, I can do that. Oh, right. Um, oh, wait, before you do that, what do, what do you think about this movie? I haven't right. rewatched it. It's all right. Yeah? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I've noticed like thinking about it a lot now, it's um it's like the more I watch it, the more like intrigued I am by it. Because I just took it as a straight up horror movie and just kinda ignored all like the other parts in between. Uh it was just mostly watching for the gore factor, I guess. Um but it kinda reminds me of like the more I watch it, it's like this uh world building movie. Um where you kind of have a plot in it, but the rest of it is this entire world that it's kind of shown you of all these rules, all these uh, fictional demons. Like, it's definitely like if, like, George Lucas made a horror movie. Like, you know how George Lucas has a movie, but you only see about, like, 20% of what's actually there? I totally see what you mean by that, yeah. Yeah, and I think this is, like, a like a little glimpse of, like... um like this whole world and we only see like a small portion of what goes on in it. I kind of like that though. When like yeah. movies just sort of like invent this world and like all these rules and sort of just give you an idea of it. Yeah. The yeah. Whole thing. And we kind of just pull you in, but like, don't worry if you read the comic books, the movies uh, or like the books, you'll, you'll get like somewhat of an understanding. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I definitely get a feel for that. I think like Barker does a lot of that with his movies though. Um, because he, he's got this whole just dark tone. It's very, like, there's nothing that he writes that has, like, probably a happy ending of some sort. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, he, it's very nightmare stuff. Because, like, I don't know if you've ever seen Nightbreed at all. Uh-uh. Um, that one is really out there. Like, if like if you're curious about Hellraiser, maybe give uh, Nightbreed a try. Um, okay. Because he really does play with, like, a fantasy, but also... I don't know. Uh realistic at the same time. Uh hmm. but yeah. Um I really liked it. I think the more I watch it, the more I like it a little bit. And like especially I the, feel like I can I can see that. Yeah. Um because obviously by the sequels they just add more and more to it and it gets kinda like, okay, this is silly, but I you gotta be in for it. <laughs> Because it it goes, I wish it went more down like this epic path, which the Hulu um movie does. It almost like it made its own thing, but it still has the same tone of the first movie. Because the other ones kind of went more the route of that last twenty minutes of the movie, <laughs> where it's like, all right, we got to focus more on Pinhead um itself, not a character developed movie, because that's really what it is. It's um central character stuff, and um, right. Yeah, they um <laughs> kind of go into that factor of like that cheesiness. Because by the third one, I think it only went by the fourth one that they went in space, and I'm like, wow, that did not take long. 
<laughs> by the four I, I feel like I should go right right from this to that one. <laughs> yeah, no, go straight. Oh, see, that's hard. If you want more of the first <laughs> one to see some like cool visuals, watch the second one because there is some really like it reminds me of like the labyrinth or like I said, time bandits, where it's like this fantasy, but it's a nightmare fantasy type stuff. Like it's crazy. But if you want to go for like the silliness, try dip your toes in three, and then if you get bored with that, yeah, definitely go to the fourth one. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah, we can move on to our trivia here. Woo! So uh, Doug Bradley, who plays uh, Pinhead, um, during an interview, he described hell as a prison, and that the Cin- Cinnabites are the uh, prison guards. Pinhead is the warden, and the puzzle box is the key to the prison cell. Yes, I would definitely see that. I've never heard. I never heard that quote, but I definitely agree with that. It's almost like the handcuffs too. Wait, the handcuffs? Yeah. Oh no, I guess the key to the cell because like uh, that also works. Oh, the box on uh, the box. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's saying that it's the keys to the cell, but like I can see that because that works both against with and it can be. Uh, it, it works with the guards, but also being used against the guards, like it does at the end of the movie. That's true. Well, I guess handcuffs could be, too. <laughs> Accidentally handcuff the officer. See ya. <laughs> Austin, let's not make this movie more horny than it already is with handcuffs. <laughs> they put Pinhead in handcuffs. <laughs> Next thing you know, Jigsaw comes by. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. But uh, so the Chatterer and Butterball Cinnabites. Are, is it Cinnabites or Cenobites? Cino- it's Cinnabuns. Cinnabon. That's what I keep wanting to say. <laughs> At least my autocorrect kept typing that in. <laughs> I must really like Cinnabon. <laughs> Those Cinnabon so, uh, bites from Taco Bell, though. <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Let's let you know. Fuck this. Let's go get Taco Bell. <laughs> okay. All right. Catch you next time. <laughs> All right. See ya. We'll talk back about the Cinnabon trip. <laughs> But uh, okay, so Chatterer and Butterball originally had dialogue in the script, but their makeup was so intense that it made their speech like incoherent. And so all their <laughs> lines were given to uh, the female in Pinhead, which helped cement Pinhead as the film's trademark character. Yeah, because I guess if you had all of them talk, it would seem kind of like uh, you remember like Bill and Ted when they talked to like all the jurors, uh, all the judges, people like they just look up at them or whatever. Like that type of stuff. Yeah. I I could see where like that was their intention to like talk to. Um, oh, you know what's another one I like that's like that is Nibbler in Futurama <laughs> when he right. when he talks to like his elders. Like I love that. I like that's somehow a cliche and I love it. Um, but I can see where that was the intent of like having all these centibites like they're your judges. They talk to you, but then like um, it is cool that like it ended up being Pinhead that talks. And then we're like, well, we'll change the Cenobite. Spinhead will be the main speaker. He's the guy. That is weird. Yeah. So, but um, let's see what else I got. So Clive Barker has explained that due to a limited budget, there was no money left to have uh, the FX done professionally at the end of the movie. So all those scenes where like the Cenobites are being uh, like disintegrated back into hell. Uh, those are hand drawn by Clive Barker. Wow! He like drew all those effects on there himself. Oh shit! 
Yeah, and he said that uh, he thinks that they turned out well considering the amount of alcohol he consumed that weekend. <laughs> I fucking bet. You know, there's always this constant theme I'm sure we're going to run into with uh, alcoholism and uh, filmmakers because uh, I think I've already mentioned <laughs> this with Halloween 2 with uh, John Carpenter. <laughs> but uh, I've always mentioned it numerous times, so I didn't know if I had mentioned it before. But yeah, it's it tends to be like a random theme. Right. <laughs> All right, so uh, Doug Bradley's character, Pinhead, was originally named Priest in the earliest drafts of the script and then turned into lead Cenobite in the shooting script. So uh, Pinhead actually originated as a nickname for the character. Um, Clive Barker disliked the nickname at first, finding it undignified. And in his Hellraiser comic series, uh, he had him referred to as Priest. Oh, Sorry, I, I was going to say, I don't think they ever call him Pinhead at all in the movie. No? Um, I don't know. Did you catch if they call him that? Oh, no, no. They don't in this movie. I don't know if, like, somewhere down the road they er- eventually do. I'll have to think about it. I really do. I know they go back to more of the character or who he was before he turned into a Cenobite, but I don't remember if they say if they call him pinhead like i know they go by his name but i don't know yeah so i guess officially it's just a nickname it's not his like official name yeah yeah which is weird it's pretty cool <laughs> it's almost like tabooish it's like we don't have a name for this devil it's like we just have nicknames it's like a it's like a uh it's like giving it a name like a forbidden curse <laughs> right so uh another weird thing about pinhead is in the original novel that Hellraiser is based on, Butterball is the leader of the Cenobites and more talkative with Pinhead as his subordinate. That'd be cool as shit to see. I'd like to see a movie with just him as the lead guy. A spinoff or something. Right. Butterball side missions. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I really like him for some reason. He's like really... <laughs> <laughs> he just has his own like he just is like looks like he's enjoying his time there <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs> but um so jennifer tilly from the chucky series uh auditioned for the role of kirsty really yeah i i forget what she was in before seated chucky i think she had, or bright chucky i know she had been in some movies i know that really boosted her career um, but I couldn't really remember what movies she was in before, so I think I could definitely see her in this because this is like late eighties, I believe. Right. Yeah, this was like eighty five, eighty seven, something like that. Yeah. Uh, uh so the actor Lance Henriksen oh, plays yes. Bishop in Alien. Yes. And um I forget the father in Pumpkinhead. That's a really great movie. Yeah. Uh he was offered the role of Frank by new world pictures but he turned it down thinking that if the movie was successful he'd have to appear in a series of sequels which he didn't want to do yes however um, oh go ahead he he later goes on to be in the movie hellraiser Hellworld from 2005 which is a sequel yes i actually that part i did not know but yeah he um i was listening about how um oh shit Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to uh, a video um, about how he was uh, he was Pumpkinhead made him big. Well, I think Alien did, obviously. Um, but when he was in Pumpkinhead, he didn't want to do a sequel. I think he was only in like one movie at, at one at one time. 
and they wanted him to be in the sequel, but he's like, if I'm just going to be doing the same thing, I don't want to be a part of that. And he eventually kind of just didn't want to do horror movie acting um, at some point. But he eventually ended up being in, like, a later one in the 2000s. But, yeah, it's always interesting when, like, uh, now that you're bringing up actors, I'm like, oh, yeah, I actually know a thing or two about that actor, believe it or not. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, yeah, he's pretty cool. Pumpkinhead's awesome if you haven't seen it, by the way. And uh, so I did just look up... uh so Pinhead was first openly referred to as Pinhead by Joey Summerskill in Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. Hmm. So that's the first time he's called Pinhead is in the third movie. Okay. So I knew it wasn't that much. I'm like, I knew it's eventually. So yeah, that might be the one where they do explain his backstory. I couldn't remember. I know I've seen one through four, but I by it gets to four, I remember it less than I do the first two. <laughs> right. Um, and then, so that's pretty much the end of my trivia. However, in my research, I found this comment on Reddit that I loved. And it said, uh, I heard the first Hellraiser movie described as a film about people walking up and down the same stairs. <laughs> it does. I thought about that about three quarters into the movie. I was like, you know, they don't really show a whole lot of this house other than that one room and then the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's like one shot in the living room of them watching wrestling or boxing there is like two instances of that ugly ass uh closet or like where Kirsty was hiding in the one scene right. in the bedroom maybe two scenes in the bed shots in the bedroom but uh it's mostly that room like we don't even does Kirsty she doesn't live there does she i don't think she did no yeah no she doesn't so like they don't show where she's staying. She's got a job there or something about a bird store. If she was shopping there, I don't know. Well, she works at the pet store. Yeah, but like, how close is the. Okay, that makes more sense. That's what I thought. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems really weird. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's like, oh, okay. Right. We don't see her do it often. So it's like, you see it for one scene. You're like, oh, that's what you do. Yeah, that's the end of my, my trivia. Men's trivia show. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Um, I have a couple uh, somewhat notes, too. Yeah. But I won't share it today. Okay. I don't want to hear them anyways. Oh, it never bothered me anyways. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I believe his name is Andrew Robinson that plays uh, Larry. Um, he is mostly known for his role as Scorpio and Dirty Harry. And um, Oh, okay. So he's like the main villain in the Dirty Harry movie with Clint Eastwood. Um, I actually have an autograph of both his and Clint Eastwood on a movie poster of that movie. Um, did you get it autographed by them, or like, did you? I, I it already autographed. It was already autographed. Um, it was passed down to a rel- uh, from a relative who gave it to me, and it actually oh, has awesome. and it has the um certificate of authenticity on it. That's really cool. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, so then, like, I forgot that I couldn't tell that it was his autograph at first. Like, I could tell it was Clint Eastwood. So I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, I can't tell what this other one is. And then I saw it. It was like Andrew Robinson. I was like, okay, whatever. But then I had rewatched Hellraiser. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's the same guy. I was like, this works as like a cool horror movie autograph, too. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, it really is. Yeah, because at first I was like, yeah, whatever. Who's this guy? And then I was like, oh, okay. And I've seen him in like a Twilight Zone episode before, too. So uh, so I'm okay. like, oh, it's cool when you re- see recurring people. 
<laughs> right. Um, have you heard anything about the comic books, Matt? Uh, not really. I know there are some, but that's about the extent of my knowledge. Yeah. So I got I got a little bit into comic book collecting, but more into like horror book comic. And so I was uh, I found I actually heard they're really good. Like there's Hellraiser spinoffs. Um, because I used to be like, oh, I thought I I don't know what I thought about hearing stuff like that of like those horror icons having comic books. But it's like when you want a good sequel, but like they won't make a movie of it. Check the comic book stories because like you could yeah. be missing an entirely good movie that's not made or TV show that's not made yet. And um, yeah, have you experienced anything like that with Marvel at all? Like you're like, why don't they make a movie of this or something? Oh, oh yeah, there's plenty of characters I would love for them to make movies. <laughs> yeah, of. there's but, a lot. Uh, so oh. that actually that reminds me, I think there's an Evil Dead crossover with Marvel. Mm-hmm. We're like, so there's like a Marvel universe where there's like all the superheroes are zombies. Yeah, and I think there's a crossover where Ash like gets transported there and is like killing all of them. Yep. Um, I had a friend let me borrow that. It's Army of Darkness versus Marvel Zombies, and it is uh, yeah. It's it's really cool, but it's um you ever just read something and it's out of character for somebody? Oh, right. Um yeah, Ash goes to the uh to the Stark building and basically tells the Avengers like, "Hey, um Deadites are going to come here and fuck everything up." And they really just blow him off. And I'm like, "That doesn't sound right." <laughs> yeah. I was like <laughs> it's like why would the Mar- I don't know it's weird but um I <laughs> but like nonetheless it's actually really fucking cool it's it sucks that like pretty much everybody dies in that universe but nonetheless it's really fuck it's a good, it was an awesome read hell yeah um I would love to see that as a like uh because wasn't what if had like a Marvel Zombies episode if they did the crossover there is I'd watch an animation of that hell yeah. Well, they're they're making a Marvel Zombie show. Oh, are they? It's it's animated still, but yeah, yeah. They should do an episode of uh, Bruce Campbell, um, voice acting, right? In that, Dude, that'd be fucking awesome. Disney's got the money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, uh, Hellraiser comic books. Um, uh, similarly, I I read a lot of Terminator ones. That would be great movies. Um. And so there's a. I heard the Hellraiser ones are good. Um, I see that they're a little pricey though, so I haven't read them. Uh, but I do. I did found a Clive Barker book called Book of the Damned or Book of Damned. And there's I think four editions, different books of these. And um, if you like uh, comic books for the illustration, and you like Clive Barker's like like this kind of art style, it's really uh, cool. It's like uh it's like it's okay. it's almost like a necronomicon almost. Like you open it up and there's no like stories to it. It's just a bunch of artwork. Um it's it's pretty cool. It's like, wow, is this book cursed? <laughs> right. <laughs> I got a little Satan in my little living room. <laughs> well, hell yeah. And uh and the only other thing I gotta say about this, so I said that the third one immediately gets goofy. Um, if you ride it out to near the end when it shows the deadites, you realize, okay, it only took by the third one for it to get goofy because the deadites are so dated. Wait, there's deadites in this movie? 
in Hellraiser? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Cenobites. Okay. Yeah, the Cinnabon Bites. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you corrected me on that. <laughs> I thought you were talking um, about yes. a crossover there. <laughs> oh, that would have been dope. Well, actually, Hellraiser was supposed to take place in Freddy vs. Jason. Um, Freddy vs. Jason was actually, I heard, supposed to end with um, both Jason and Freddy waking up in hell and being greeted by Pinhead. I remember hearing that. That would have been awesome. Yeah, holy shit. Like, you gotta, I hate so much. The world would be a better place if production companies can just get over copyrights. Because (laughs) (laughs) the Spider Man universe would be a thousand years ahead of its time. And uh, horror movies, slasher movies would have had so many crossovers. Oh, yeah. Um, I would have, if. If they could do like a Marvel now of slasher villains, I would probably just die happy. <laughs> um, I don't even care the quality level of it. <laughs> but um, so yeah, that was supposed to end that way. Um, but yes, the uh, the the Cenobites are so goofy by the third one that uh, one I, you're gonna have to see it to believe it, Matt. But one has a VHS camcorder. And his eye, and another one is just CDs. He has CDs on his head and <laughs> in his mouth, I believe. And I think he throws them and kills people with them. Okay, well now I have to watch these. <laughs> and it sucks because, like, I it's like imagine how the first one is where it takes forever to get to the Cenobites. Um, but like, uh, it's not as interesting to get there, <laughs> right? Huh. Uh, Yeah, it's like you have to see it to believe it. (laughs) You know, with there being like nine movies or so, I assumed they'd go off the rails, but not by three. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like like I said, by the fourth one, they they go to space. Like Friday the 13th had a lot of movies, but it took them by the 10th one to get to space. Right. Leprechaun. Leprechaun, well, I mean, even the first one's ridiculous, but I think by the fifth one they went to space, I think it was. Leprechaun went to space? (laughs) Yeah, you didn't know that? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me... Well, he also went to space, and then he went to the hood, and then he went back to the hood. Eventually, they gave him a remake. Yeah, that's... Oh, no, yep, that one by the fourth movie, they go to space, too. Jesus Christ. Well, man, I hope eventually Ice Nine Kills does a song on Leprechaun because that's gonna be that that's gonna be a marathon. I hope. Okay, here's my hope. So I hope they make a third Silver Scream album. You know, and it's you know just about horror movies. And then I hope they make a fourth one, but they go to space for it. Oh, that would be amazing! And they only do space-based <laughs> horror movies. No, they go to that, space and record it there. They, 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 yeah, they. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Like they literally go to space. Yes. I think you meant like, okay, the album is space themed, and then it was like, no, the album is still an album, just in space. It's just in space. like you couldn't tell the difference otherwise. Sounds it's just recorded exactly in space, like it normally yeah. would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So both Hellraiser and Leprechaun by the fourth movie go to space. Okay, so they both have. Uh, Jason has. I you, Halloween has not, but I would honestly fucking pay to see. Oh, that, dude, Michael Myers if, in space. If they would just, 
If they would just redo Halloween 2018 where Lori is still old, but now she's in space and Michael, <laughs> like the world is gone and Michael has to go to Mars to fucking find her. I would pay to fucking see that. Like by the point how low Halloween ends ended, I would like, I need something that bad <laughs> to fix it. Are there, are there any others that have gone to space that we've missed? Um, did Freddy ever go to space? Freddy has, n- well, I, he might've in a dream or so, but he never actually went. Right. Um, see, there's good horror space movies. Like, um, I believe deep horizon is a good space movie. Oh, and I mean, alien um, aliens. Great. Yeah. Alien. Oh yeah. Alien. Like one of the best ones. Yeah. No event horizon is what I'm thinking of. That's a really fucking scary space movie. That's what I've heard. Um, I've never seen it. I don't, I don't plan on Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's got the same, by the end of the movie, it has the same energy as Hellraiser, but even up there. <laughs> I can't think of a whole lot of other, but there's a lot. that We could go down a whole rabbit hole. I would love to see uh, Children of the Corn in space. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would love, I love to see, uh, I mean... Like Amityville Horror, like any haunted house movie, <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> I I am honestly surprised Chucky has not gone to space. Oh, I would. I hope they end the fucking sci-fi series that way. <laughs> <laughs> as great as that would be, you know that should have happened in Cedar Chucky. Like he should have just somehow been in space. It's kind of crazy he hasn't yet. Yeah, I mean, there's like. An astronomical amount of things that would just be so much. I can see the shining in space of just instead of being a winter caretaker, you're just taking care of like a colony of Mars and just boom. Yeah. Finds out there's an India or a alien burial ground underneath. <laughs> Are alien burial grounds haunted? <laughs> Find out. <laughs> All right. Back on track here. So yeah. I, I think we've covered the movie pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I guess let's get into our rankings here. Uh, I have my movie ranking. So originally I had Child's Play is still number one, and then Resident Evil, American Psycho, Cabin Fever, Pet Cemetery, My Bloody Valentine, and Psycho. And yeah. while I enjoyed this movie, I didn't really love it. You know, like I, I thought it was good. Thought it was really enjoyable, but kind of middle of the road for me. So I'm putting it in fifth place after Cabin Fever. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know if I would rewatch it that often, but like I said, once in a while, I'll probably have to give it a rewatch. Right. I'll probably watch. Yeah. In that order, I would probably rewatch Cabin Fever before I do this. Maybe. I don't know. Depends on my mood in the day. <laughs> Yeah, um, so what were your thoughts on the song? Like, have you had a chance to re-listen to it or anything? Oh, yes. I gave it a re-listen to, and I fucking love it. Like, yeah. um, it It's just as brutal as Funeral Derangements, but it has just a good enough chorus that reminds me of, uh, like, Shower Scene and, like, Rainy Day. Because, like, Rainy Day to me is more straightforward, um of a catchy tune. And then um, this has, like, a beautiful blend of both of it it really is like the best of both worlds yeah yeah so um i would put this uh right now i have funeral derangements and then i'll put the box right underneath that oh 
And then, yeah. <laughs> and uh, above rash decisions, uh, then shower scene, take your pick. Rainy day, welcome to Horrorwood, hip to be squared, or scared, sorry, and at the bottom of salt and batteries. Okay. It is funny how, like, the more we go along, the longer, it's like, the list has to go down. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it might take even longer to make a judgment, too. I'm really bad at making lists. Yeah, no, it honestly... number one. <laughs> well, we're getting there. We've only got a couple more to go for this album. Oh, <laughs> you're making it hard. <laughs> but uh, now for the really hard part. We got to find out where this is going on our main list on the songs that capture the spirit of the movies the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, what do you have down for where we left off? All just right. as a refresher. So where we are right now, we have Hip to be Scared at the top, and then Assault and yep. Batteries, Rainy Day, Funeral Derangements, The Shower Scene, Take Your Pick, and Rash Decision. Yes, that is what I have as well. Well, that's good because we've been making the list together. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like it, it's like it, it was an audit. I was doing an audit, okay? Right. <laughs> um I would like to say uh I think this song if I from my memory is more lyrically compared yeah. uh to the movie uh musically, yeah, a little bit, yeah. It has its moments that get brutal, but the thing is I think uh, something like Take Your Pick is way more brutal than this song. And I would put more of that energy into a movie like Hellraiser. I mean, I gotta say, this song has some pretty fucking heavy parts. Yeah. But to me, like, Hellraiser um, is more of that kind of tone throughout the entire... Well, that's not true because last last 20 minutes isn't really... <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah yeah maybe i don't know uh for me i think i would maybe go uh maybe between shower scene and take your pick like like lyrically like it does cover a lot of stuff from the movie you know yeah like hooks and chains and um you know this is how um Drag me to hell because the puzzle and like, yeah, like all of that. Um, and when they say absent of heart and it like sounds just like Pinhead, but like, yeah. um, not a, not a whole lot of like, I feel like there's more chances for audio samples and other things to put into like implement into it. So, yeah, I can see where it's slightly above take your pick, but below shower scene because shower scene does have a lot more samples and like cues from the movie. Right. Well, like even like the rain sound effects, like more extra stuff. But like like we talked about with Take Your Pick, there's only like a couple things. There's like the blood splatter, and I think there's like a heartbeat monitor. But like that's about it, I believe. So I, I don't know. Is that where you're feeling it too? Y- yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. I might even make it below Take Your Pick now that I was talking about it. Because I like how that song starts off and it. The um, it does that rhyme that sounds just in the the voice is done like imitated like the bartender of that movie, right? Where yeah. like he's like warning all the kids. Like I love that part about that song. Um, so I I personally might put it below that. I I could agree with that. I'll I'll 
I'll, <laughs> I'll settle with you there. Okay. Because <laughs> when I went back and listened to Take Your Pick, I noticed that after watching the movie. Uh, I did because I like how they've mimicked. Uh, is it Spence that's doing that vocals? Do you know? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Probably not. Because I, 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 I do like it when they do that mimic of Judd Crandall in uh, funeral derangements, and it kind of reminds me how they do that mimic in the beginning of that song. Yeah, it really does. But damn, and I really like the song though. That's the thing that makes me hard to like about the whole capturing aspect of it. I don't know. I, I think I'd agree with you though that it would go below take your pick. It just sucks because I see an extra rash decisions and I'm like, well it's not that low. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh so I think yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Alrighty. So I guess that is now our Okay, so that is now in seventh place out of eight. <laughs> but alrighty. So I guess the only thing left to do is uh for you to try to guess next week's episode. And you got this one. Ooh. So you're kind of at a high oh, bar I, for yourself. I have. Oh, man. Because I was on a hot trail, too. And I hit it. So then it's like, what do we go here? Right. Where do we, you know, where do we go from here? Uh, sounds you, like we're going to space. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you go yeah. for the twofer? Can you get two in a row? Um, I'm going to have to use my crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking at movies that we've already done. <laughs> okay. I I can give you a little hint if you want. It's not like a hint hint, but kind of. Okay. I wouldn't be bad with the hint because I, I did guess one like at random. This movie is kind of an out there choice. I don't even know if it's a horror movie. I think it just might be horror-ish. Oh, oh okay. I could be wrong because I've never really seen makes it. Me, but. That makes me really question if it's a modern movie or an older movie. I'm not going to tell you that. Because I know. What, what's that? said, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But so, I feel like a lot of newer movies are oddly on that gray line. Unless it's a really old one like Psycho, but I don't I don't think they go that route again. I can't. See, you should have not have told me that. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> there's so many borderline half horror movies, half not. Okay, here's the thing, though. I also haven't seen this movie, so I might be totally wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it could be a straight up horror uh, movie. <laughs> but like now I'm looking at things that are like clearly a horror movie. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I actually uh let me guess. I could see them doing a song like this. This is a cult classic. Um So you don't know if it's a horror movie. Um this is a movie I don't necessarily consider a horror movie, but it definitely is uh kind of disturbing. I'm going to go with uh, A Clockwork's Orange. Um, it's kind of like killings happen in the movie, but I think some people put it in the horror realm, so I'm going to guess that. Okay. Well, tune in on the next episode to find out if Austin's right or not. And uh, I don't believe so, but <laughs> I like it. He might be. We'll see. Oh, God, I got to sneeze. Fighting it. Just fucking sneeze! <laughs> just take a big... Just take a big... <laughs> Like sniff, just make it worse. <laughs> there <Yeah>, you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <clears throat> but if you enjoyed this podcast, you can listen to me on my other shows, uh, Supernormal and Pilot Seasons. Uh, catch me from the random stupid shit that I do uh, on TikTok and YouTube under Big D Liquor. Uh, liquor is an alcohol. 
Uh, I even post sometimes on uh, just random stuff like Instagram. Uh, and at this point, Matt, uh, we have our both horror and music quotes. Yes, we do. You want to switch it up this time? I'll say the music, music quote, quote first, and then you say the horror quote after. Oh, I thought you meant like I was going to say a music quote, but then you say a horror movie quote. No, <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have one either. <laughs> but that's what I thought you meant by switching up. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go with the music one first. All right. So this is from an oldie by Ice Nine Kills from a song called We Ate Gilbert's Grapes. Oh, no, Gilbert. <laughs> And uh, the quote is, I'm running on no sleep. My problems were knee deep. Uh, this one, uh, let's go with, uh, that was just pillow talk, baby. There you go. What's that? From? Yes. I, uh, that is from, speaking of Bruce Campbell, uh, we were talking about Evil Dead and Deadites. That is from Army of Darkness. Oh, okay. I've seen that movie once. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us and tune in on the next episode. To watch Clocks Works Orange, right? I have no idea what you just said. Bye bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Very Fair Productions. Uh, that's very fair.